waiting, is recording. It, is, is this how we do it? I, you know, actually, I have this, I had a little bit of a difficulty remembering. <laughs> and this is how we do it. Oh, this we're, is... We're off hiatus. Hello, welcome back. Hi. We've had an unintentional hiatus, unplanned <laughs> hiatus. I went back and listened to our last episode so I'd remember. Mm-hmm. When to, was that? It was May. Yeah. So I remember to say... This is Semantics with Krisha and Frank. Hi. Hello. How are you? I am fine. Yeah. I am I'm kind of the same. <laughs> Weird. Weird. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm kind of oddly the same as um, because I do I have a routines, you know. You mean I, you didn't change in two months? You haven't completely changed your personality or you, yourself? No. Oh, well, dang it. You have. <laughs> no, I really That's haven't. That's you. That's you who are going to be that person. No, You're I the haven't. Chameleon. I'm the same idiot that I've been. I'm just <laughs> doing more idiotic things, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Unintentional hiatus. Yes, because really we got too busy, I guess. I mean, we used to have it so that our schedule gaps coincided to be right like this moment in time here right. we are late morning early afternoon we're having our podcast porch moment it's lovely we're having coffee mm-hmm. everything is as it was yes. a year ago two years year and a half ago when we started this yeah and over the course of a time period you had all of these gigs during the midday all happening and i work in the afternoons so we did not have the the common freedom yeah teaching uh, summer camps with Flying Anvil. At this time of day. And then going to New York. That was not even here, and you weren't even here. I went to New York also. Yeah, we missed, were there. Missed you by about 100 the plus miles. We were there at the same time. Oh, I have a gift for you that I left at home. Oh. It's nothing big. It's just a UCB comedy sticker. Ooh, that's cool. Sticker. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and so like all the busy things started happening, and we kept trying, we kept trying, we kept trying, and then eventually it was like, well, I just... Now we're not talking to each other. <laughs> like, we didn't talk to each other for more than a month. That was odd to me. Me too. You know, I mean, I figured, oh, she must be so busy because she didn't answer, didn't call back, didn't, you know. Yeah, I, I just, I hid away for a while. So I was blaming your Apple Watch because uh, uh, for everything. Yeah. Because I have, <laughs> I have another um, colleague. She's all about the Apple Watch until she lost it. And... You'd send her a text, and she would remember seeing the text, but would think... Because it comes through on the watch, yeah. But then wouldn't reply, because in her head, she had seen the text and absorbed mm-hmm. the information, and, and filed it away under, I'm going to reply when I get to my phone. Right, because you can reply on your Apple Watch, but it's not as easy, and usually if you're somewhere yeah. where you aren't using your phone and you're using your Apple Watch, you're not in a place to where you should be texting anyway. The same person complained that we were sending her too many emails. Well... Okay. So <laughs> that's that's not a thing. Like that's that's not a thing. It was all of our faults. Tell that to we were Target and sending, Bed Bath and Beyond. We were sending too many emails and things <coughs> were getting falling through the cracks. Oh gosh. Uh, so no, how about you? What were you doing? Um, I'm exactly that. Uh, building an improv empire. No, uh, my wish. Just kind of trying to figure it out. I'm near 40 and unemployed with a lot of gigs and trying to figure it all out and make it work and yeah you know who else was that person who me what yeah i was unemployed as i when i hit 40 i was unemployed Mm -hmm. i had pretty much muffed a couple of major decisions in life when i was 38 39 yeah but i also knew that i had to get out of a situation i had been producing morning shows Mm -hmm. for we can go back and actually count but from for 10 plus years, I've been producing morning shows, mm-hmm. probably getting into 12, 13 years. And 
I was realizing that as the producer, you're you're the one setting up the pins, but you never get to go bowling. Yeah, that's no fun. It's I, in a, in a cruder sense, I described it to one boss as all foreplay mm. and no payoff. And yeah, because that, that's what it took to get the message across. He did not understand the bowling pin reference. Well, no, 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 no <laughs> sports. I don't sports. And, uh, you, you give me a football. <laughs> yeah. So I had to explain it in a different way, and I I thought, well, if I had stayed, I look back at some of these jobs and mm-hmm. said, why did I leave? Well, in one situation, you know, you the station sold, you have no choice but to leave. In another situation, you've been fired or your position yeah. has been cut from budget, you have to leave. But there's one job in particular that I was doing fine, and if I had stayed, the guy who took the job after me stayed for another, I think, 12 years. Oh, wow. So I probably could have been there easily for another 12 years, mm-hmm. but I left. Right. Because I thought, I'm going to be on the air. So I made a dumb decision and jumped <laughs> into a, a morning show with a terrible, terrible partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turned out this guy was a plagiarist. Everything he did oh. was stolen from a guy named Kevin Matthews in Chicago. Oh. But this was 1999. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't just easily, you could listen online. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I just didn't know everybody. You couldn't copy-paste into the internet. And... I didn't know everybody in radio, so... It wasn't until later when, oddly, the producer for the Kevin Matthews show asked me to consult and help. And I said, well, send me some tapes and or a link or whatever it was right. I was listening to. And I'm sitting there almost weeping as I'm listening to Kevin Matthews bits that my former morning show partner had done word for word. Oh, just verbatim. In, in Los Angeles. Ooh. It was that bad. But So that was still- a mistake. So anyway, then I got fired from that job. That goes away. Next job crumbles by the time i hit 40 i was so unemployed that i could fly to alaska with my mother and sister for my birthday and just do nothing yeah that's how unemployed i am right now (laughs) and it's honestly it's kind of great i know that sounds ridiculous but it's kind of great i it came up yesterday yesterday was a year from the day i got and picked up my shipwreck script Mm. We are 19 days away from the year mark of me walking away from radio. Which was the day of the eclipse. I remember it well. 21st. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, this has been an awesome year. So as I approach a year, I actually, I look at it and say, look at all of what has happened in just a year. You've been in at least three plays that I've seen. Yes. I have. I saw each of those twice, by the way. I know. I don't. I don't take that for granted, Frank. <laughs> I walked away in a in a really scary way. Walked away from a job that, you know, was paying me crap, but was paying me enough to pay bills. Yeah. yeah. And had no idea where income was going to come from. And I've done really well. And in a year, I wouldn't have expected everything that has happened to happen. I've gone to New York and performed. Mm-hmm. I have joined an improv group that is um, amazing and uh, fulfilling. I have danced. I've danced in a show. I have taken insane risks and taken classes. I have uh, made plans and built and actually gone through efforts to further my improv and made plans to go to more places. I have just been accepted to Improv Utopia. I don't know this. Please explain. It is uh, a a group 
that does like summer camp for improv grown-ups. Wow. And they do it all over the country in different places. They have Improv Utopia East, which is in Pennsylvania. They have Improv Utopia West, which is out in L.A., but in the, the mountain-y woods. And they do uh, Improv Utopia Ireland, which just recently happened. They do one in Canada, and they also do one in Yosemite. Which and is I've Northern just, California. I've just been accepted to the one in Yosemite. I was on a wait list for it. What is the process of applying and getting in? They, it's basically, uh, you. they have scholarships because it costs right around $400. Uh-huh. But you have to get there. You have to get there, uh, which will be me driving alone across the country. Get out. No, no, I'm so excited. I've never done it, and that's what I'm doing. It's part of my, it's my, what do they call it in Australia? A walkabout? Yeah. It's part of my walkabout it's process. It's Pray Love. Eat, pray, eat, it's, pray, love. That's what you're doing. It's improv, pray, <laughs> improv, pray, love. Um, I may just write that. Improv, pray, love. And um, so you, like, you can just go to Improv Utopia's website, see where they have camps, and register. What time of year are you going? Um, it's the end of September. Ooh, that would be good driving weather. That's nice. Yeah. So you can, you can just register, but if you, if they max out then you can put yourself on a wait list. And they tend to, they say most people, anybody who's on the wait list tends to get in because they have people, people that register and that can't. But if you're, you've never been, more than likely you'll get in. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of kind of waiting it out. And so yesterday I got the email. Wow. Yeah. And so that's going to happen. And uh, it's full of it's, workshops. I'm, I'm just and, so excited. You know, as someone who has done a lot of, cross-country-ish yeah. driving with my wife, mm-hmm. I'm, my mind is, is popping with all of the wonderful things yeah. that are between here and there. There's The whole country is between here and I'm there. like, oh, you've got to go through this part and that part <laughs> and this part. It's funny because ah. I've had people already just yesterday, Sarah, who is in full disclosure, and she was like, are you going to take 50? But I mean, you could take 10. You could take 10 and you could just get there through Louisiana. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're like... Nah. 70, baby. We'll see what Take happens. 70. Take 40 or 70. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll see. I've got options. 70 is really good. I've got options. Oh. I know people that live in different parts of the country well, where I can... Well, then zigzag and go there. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Wow. By yeah. yourself. By myself. What's your family going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Stay home. Uh. Live life. Uh, no, I just... I need, I need it. I need... I need that, and I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but I do. Yeah. How difficult would it be? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking selfishly, of course, but I'm also thinking it would be interesting if we could set up the remote podcast <laughs> from your motel room. You know, my what, Motel what? Six in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you're, they have free Wi-Fi. I've heard the commercial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I would love to hear an update of where yeah. you are and how the trip is going. And if not, like, I can I'll be just, here. I, know I can that. send you voice records if something, like, Ooh, yeah. I can just fun. record it my phone and email it to you. You know how that works. You've I done do. that before. I, it's, I've done that a lot. <laughs> Damn car dealerships. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting year, and it's still interesting, and I'm still trying to figure it out, and we'll see what happens. But I'm not, I'm not unhappy. Yeah. Not at all. I'm just, hmm, hmm, very introspective. Yeah. Yeah, which is a good thing to be. Right. And well, I, it helps with your acting, I'm assuming. I, it, yeah. 
And actually, I uh, I just accepted a role in a show at Pillisippi uh, that's going to be and just one weekend in September. It's called Black Comedy. Yeah. Have you heard of this show? I have not. It takes place in London. It was written in 1965, and it's in a reverse lighting scheme. Uh-huh. So uh, it's this young couple. He's a designer, and the richest man in the world is coming to visit and so is the girl's father. She's a debutante, and right. her father is coming to visit. So it's a high society comedy. It is, and it's very prim and proper, and my character, Miss Furnival, <laughs> is the upstairs neighbor, and this guy is so excited because the richest man in the world is also there to see his designs. There's a blackout. The mean, whole... Like- the whole town loses power. That's funny, because in New York in 1965, mm-hmm. there was a massive blackout. This was written in 1965. Which so. my grandparents blamed me for, because I was touching, <laughs> at that exact moment, I had gone to turn the channel on their television. You did it, Frank! Yeah. Um, I mean, for years, they blamed me. That's hilarious. Yeah. Were you traumatized by that? No, I thought it was cool. Okay. You're like, yeah, I did I, I'm, it. I'm trying to do it again. I have the power. <laughs> Every time you go to change a channel, you're just waiting for the whole world to black out. Yeah. So when the there lights... there was no remote. You had to walk up to the TV and turn it. I was the remote. Frankie, go nice. change the channel. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, Frankie, what have you done? Frankie! We haven't had power in seven days. <laughs> um, so, bla- so, all right, so there's... The power, so reverse lighting scheme means what means in theatrical? That when the curtain comes up on this play, it's dark. And you hear dialogue, and there are characters there. The moment that the lights go out, the lights come on on stage. Okay, so we don't see when the lights are on. We do see when the lights are off. So anytime it's the like lights, we had night vision. Anytime the lights are on, the characters are in a complete blackout, which means you're not looking at each other while you're on stage the yes, whole time. You're going to have to explain this to people. So we read. We have to read the program when we come. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's very. Once you see it, you'll get it. You'll get it because it's people crawling around and reaching to feel each other to oh. talk to each other oh oh it's really dark well but we pretend the, dark. it's pretend really pretend dark yeah so my character at some point ends up furniture because they don't realize they're sitting on this old woman who's been crawling around on the floor <laughs> and and so it's a farce it is it is a farce and it's, i would like it it's a one act and i'm really excited about it when to, is it You're... it's september 14th 15th and 16th well, good. I I have gigs that weekend, but I'll figure out a way to get there. Yeah, so I think I'm emceeing either the Michael Jackson tribute act Ooh. or or the uh, the teenage talent show. Yeah, but that that doesn't matter. Those are on the same. Those are on the Saturday. I'm, I should be free the Friday or the Sunday. Nice. And I also have an audition with the Word Players. Ooh, tell later me more about on. that. They just did Jane Eyre in the musical. They did. Um, this is a show. It's just a two person show. And it's a trilogy that they've done. They've already done the first two. And I can't remember the name of it right now. It's just escaped me. I'll Google it. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, they're doing, it's the third, and it's a couple in rural Kentucky. And it is... So you can be the upstairs British lady and Mm -hmm. the rural Kentucky lady. I'm going to try to be. Well, I can picture you. I mean, pardon what I'm yeah, saying, but you're dressed more like the rural Kentucky lady I, today. I kind of got Daisy May going on today, and I didn't mean to. Because it's reminiscent of your role in Mallory and Kristen's show, mm-hmm. uh, Southern Comfort. Yes. What you're wearing today with the pigtails. It is. 
It yeah. is. It's just because it's very rainy. Yeah. And I took a shower and I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I didn't put on makeup. I don't care. It's yeah. just Frank. And, but it's not even that. Even if it weren't <laughs> just Frank, I'm like, oh, I don't care. Who and, cares? I know. There are days when I don't bother gelling the hair and don't bother shaving the neck because I'm thinking I'm just going to do radio. Yeah. So but yeah. I know if other days when I'm thinking, oh, there's a chance I'm going to have to have my picture made, I better go ahead and do everything. I'm going to have my picture made. I like having my I picture like the, made. I love you know that. that. You know I enjoy having my picture You're made. You're going to have your picture made. I do enjoy it. We're doing family pictures. We're going to have our pictures made. Mm-hmm. Who's going to make them? Well, I, I mean, sometimes there are situations like when... Like, and I'm going to interview uh, Rachel Ray, not the famous mm. chef, but my Chinese friend, whose yes. name is not really Rachel. Right, right. Her name is really Reju. Because the Asian festival's coming right. up. Right. Her actual name is Reju. Reju. Or like Ju Ray, depending on whether you do the English or the... But that's where the Rachel came from. Yeah. Her friends, or English-American friends, thought uh, Reju... I usually call you Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't speak your Chinese. <laughs> but Reju is actually her Chinese name. So, when she comes over, I'd better be dressed up because she will be impeccably dressed and she will take a ton of selfies yes and she will filter them and make them look beautiful <laughs> and that's what she does so you know you need to be looking fresh and i'm gonna have a picture made on the day that reju comes over well it's funny because yesterday i was we did uh some of us from full disclosure did a workshop with 60 teachers from adrian burnett elementary and <laughs> uh i wore jeans and a nice shirt and anytime I wear something other than jeans and shorts and a t-shirt, I get, you look very nice today. So that was you in the picture. That was me in the picture. Oh. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, yeah. I thought it was somebody else. Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I, who's that? That must be one of the teachers there. I don't with recognize the, that person who with is the shirt on. professionally. <laughs> who the hell is that? It's a blouse. Because normally you wear a shirt. Yes. But that day you had on a blouse. blouse. Yeah. But he, the funny thing is I bring a t-shirt, which I kept in my car. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that gig was over, I took off my blouse and I put on my t-shirt. Because well, you want to keep the blouse nice for the next gig. Right. And I just want to be comfortable. And there's no need for me to be all prissy. If you were to follow me around on a hot day, mm-hmm. with my car with the windows that don't work, no. you would certainly probably catch me in a parking lot somewhere. Changing out of the nice shirt and tie yeah. after a TV shoot, for example, because I don't want to ruin it driving it in the hot car. Right. In the hot car. I tweeted the other day the uh, uh, underestimated ability of a woman, number 34, to be able to completely change outfits in a car in a parking lot. Yeah. I went, had an audition last Sunday, this past Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yes. Yeah, for this show you just yes. talked about. I had the audition. And I was wearing nice audition clothes. I had on jeans. It was 96 degrees or yeah. whatever it was. But I had on my very nice jeans and some flats and a nice blouse. And I had other errands to run. So I went to the shady spot that was far away in the Pellissippi parking lot because nobody's in school. And I completely disrobed and redid my... I put on my shorts and my tennis shoes <laughs> and a new bra and t-shirt. Wait, you went underwear? You I, changed underwear? I, cha- I didn't change my underpants, but I changed my bra. That's that's impressive. I thought so. But it's easy because you just pull your shirt up. like you Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the shirt that you're putting on. You pull it, I pull it up over, I'm laying back, yes. and I pull it up over my chest, uh-huh. I take off one bra, I put on the other, and I hold, I pull the shirt, Yeah, I yeah, hold yeah. the shirt until the bra's on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've changed from long pants to shorts, <laughs> or more likely, 
on one of these cross-country trips, right. and I'm dressed similar to what I've got on now mm-hmm. in the car ride, but at church, I'm not going to wear shorts to right. church. We were at somewhere in Illinois. It's 5 p.m. mass on a Saturday, so we mm-hmm. have to go find the corner of the parking lot. Where you uh, can change so, your britches. So I can change my britches in the passenger seat yeah. while my wife stands out in the parking lot and looks and watches me. <laughs> I don't think there's, there's nothing illegal about that. As long as your genitals aren't out. What reminded me of it is the what you just described. Yeah. Because I used the the khakis mm-hmm. and laid them on top of me first. Yeah, to then shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Shimmy, shimmy it out of the shorts with the khakis protecting me like an apron. Right. And then um, reversed it, mm-hmm. put the shorts over, and yep. shimmied up the khakis. So. But then if you really think about it, other than changing my bra, you, you see more in a bathing suit. Yeah. So I think we're all just a little... It's a little different, of course, because you're changing right. clothes in your car. Right. But I've changed pants in a Walmart parking lot without having to, like, move my car because I was just like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if somebody is looking that hard in my car to where they can see my bare butt for five seconds, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's on you. That's, that's on, on you. you for looking. And if you're offended, <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm not offensive. You're offended. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the way I'm living my life right now, Frank. Well, I mean, I changed clothes as soon as I got home. Because I wore, you know, typical science teacher work clothes. And I didn't want to sweat out here on the podcast porch, although it's not hot. It's just a little mildly humid. I've I've got a flannel on because I was a little chilly. Yeah. So I I just figured I'll just change out all of that, and that way I don't have to worry about it. And if it stops raining, I can even jump in the pool. Yeah. Because I'm determined to go swimming every day because I... Got to get my money's worth out of all those repairs we right? had last year. It looks great. That's Thank what you. I said when I sat down. Pool looks fantastic. One thing I am worried about is the underwater light is half full of water. Oh. I turned it on and it, it sparked and oh and oh. went well flashed and, and went out. So okay. It I was work like, anymore. sparked is different. Sparked That's different. underwater. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure. Please don't kill yourself jumping into your electric I'm pool. I'm fairly confident that one of my potential causes of death. It will be, be electrocuted himself in his pool, which he loved. But, I mean, that's fine, right? Yeah. Because there's no, like, finite amount of time that you get. And if you're... Right. If that's you're, how you go. That's how you go. If you're splooshing in, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, and we'll all... Oh, what a tragedy. What a loss. But, I mean, it's better than crashing on Chapman Highway hydroplaning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah. I, I wonder about that sometimes. How is it? Well, that's morbid. I think about that a lot. How will I go out? <laughs> more than likely cancer, because that's what we all do. For your family. And yeah. for me, my, it's more than likely heart disease or stroke. There you go. So we've got the top ones covered. Oh, hell yeah. This is semantics. We are top of the blood. We are top of the death list. I'm so glad we came off hiatus to tell you how <laughs> we're going to die. Jeez. Oh, Jesus. So speaking of Jesus. Yes, amen. And you'd mentioned church, and it flashed in my brain. When I was in New York... The Sunday morning, I got up, and we went to Brooklyn. I took the subway to, or no, I took an Uber there, because we were running late, to Brooklyn Tabernacle, and I went to a church service at Brooklyn Tabernacle. You know who that makes me think of? Who? Gene Wooten. Yes? Oh, Gene. The late, great Gene Wooten, mm-hmm. when he worked in New York at WPLJ, he did volunteered and did the sound mm-hmm. for Brooklyn Tabernacle. And he moves here to East Tennessee. I went to his funeral. <laughs> yes. 
and this is the story that his daughter got up and told at the funeral. Oh, fantastic. I'll, tell, I'll, I'll summarize. Please do. That they move to East Tennessee, and they're searching for a church home, and they find one that they're comfortable, and it's a newer church. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's like it's still in a tent, really. It's at oh, North wow. Star over okay. on Sherrill Road. Mm-hmm. And his daughter volunteers him to help out with sound, not only at Bearden High School, right. but somehow he, mm-hmm. he encounters this pastor. And they're like, well, do you have any qualifications? <laughs> well. <laughs> I used to, he's like, I used to do the sound at Brooklyn Tabernacle. And this pastor loses it because he greatly admires, and I won't use the word adores because in a religious sense that would be blasphemous, but he greatly <laughs> admires the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle. And not only did Gene then start doing the sound for the Knoxville Parish, but mm-hmm. he arranged for a meeting for his new Knoxville pastor to go and spend an hour and a half at whatever long as they needed yeah. with the man from Brooklyn Tabernacle and it changed this fella's life to be able to meet the Brooklyn Tabernacle guy. I will say it is a life changing thing. Yeah. You, have you ever been? No, I've not. It's um I don't know what denomination it is or is it non-denomination? It's, it's not really a denomination. Yeah. And that's what I kind of love but about it. They're known it. for their music. Uh they're known for their choir and their music and I don't know what happened, but I wept from the first five minutes until maybe after lunch. So it touched you. Oh, it, uh, it, I cry, like, it makes me cry almost thinking about it because it was, um, so many people from so many different places. And I mean... Brooklyn Tabernacle exists for that reason. Yeah. Like he, this guy grew up in Brooklyn. The pastor there grew up in Brooklyn, and he and his wife they started this church because it was a very diverse community, and he felt that there needed to be a place where anyone could go and be okay. Mm. And so you walk in, and there is no. It sounds like the Universalist Unitarian uh, mindset a little bit. I would it's for everyone. I, yeah, but I would say it's much... As more of a Christian... Yes. Whereas Universalist Unitarian has no... Um, this is a very... This is very Christian. So it starts very. from a Christian perspective. Yes. But more than anything, it is... There's no race. There's no poverty. There's no... There's no line. There's mm-hmm. no... And we're just here. And we're here to be together. And their whole thing is that when we raise our voices, we're together. And... The second song, the pastor came out and he said, some of you may be visiting for the first time. This may be your first church experience. This may be different and more because it's, I mean, it's a tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah. They do three services, a nine, 11, and a one Mm -hmm. every Sunday because it's that, and it was packed to the gills at the one o'clock, packed. And he, he came out and he said, you may see a lot of us around you with our hands in the air or one hand in the air. And I know that that may be uncomfortable for you. And it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. But here, and the way that we worship is that when we raise our hands, we're raising them together, and we're all together. And he said, "Just just for the remainder of this song, I would like for you to just let go and- Let go of your uncomfortableness. Let let go and just be with everyone in this room and be with God. I lost my mind. I lost my mind and hearing those voices sing and one particular song, I, I, I don't know what's happened. Well, you know what? I, I'm wondering, 
if it reached back into your childhood and your upbringing, if it uh, touched yeah. any of that? Oh, yeah. Okay. But I also think that, and I know it's so funny because like this, like this could be an, an entire new podcast, but I think that when you're searching for answers, sometimes you come back to, I don't have them. Mm-hmm. And you can't get answers. And there's only one person, one entity that can put you in the right direction. And so when you surrender and you give up, mm-hmm. there's a whole different path that you end up going down. You're and getting it makes emotional. Me cry. I am. I know, I know you. I mean, <laughs> I know this is real. Um, and so that happened. And I just realized that I'm searching and I'm working so hard and I don't have to, that it's just there and it's just going to happen. So give up, but not give up, but you know what I mean, just surrender. Well, and we, we talk about improv so much in this podcast, if you go back to episode, episode, and I've, <laughs> I've compared it to Christianity many times yeah. and, and I've also tried to explain to anyone who asks me about improv that sometimes the way to quote-unquote win the way to succeed in improv is to lose is to surrender yeah absolutely. there's so many specific games where if you try to control it you will fail but if you lose if you give up your control and surrender yeah. to the power of the the, the moment the dynamic and what the, it is yeah then everything works all of a sudden and you can't explain it or control it you can't explain it because you can't control it you just have to have it right and, and none of us have control Ever. The reason I'm using improv terms mm-hmm. is because that's the language that you and I have yeah. intimately in common. <laughs> I can say that, and you now get exactly, yeah. And I also knew it would it would bring you back to center just a little. <laughs> but now take that and go all the way with it, and think, oh wow, in in philosophy, in theology, in the what is the meaning of life? There is no control. The minute that you try to control something, you are using fear to to base your decision fear is control control is fear to me mm-hmm. the way that i see like fearful of what's coming fearful mm-hmm. of what has happened and you try to control how you feel about everything and control what's going to happen and none of us have that i can think of several people in now in in the, the business world mm-hmm. and don't automatically assume i'm talking about my day job because i'm right. not i'm actually thinking of someone specific Right. Who is has a there's been a transition, a new boss, mm-hmm. and this person seems to be freaking out and having all sorts of malfunctions, and is in that bizarro world of withholding and not delegating. You know, yes. he's got he, she, they have people <laughs> they could delegate to, but they're not. They're controlling, right? Because they're afraid. They're fear. They're afraid for their own job. They're end up going to end up getting themselves fired mm-hmm. because they're not trusting and I, they're trying to control because of the fear. There is someone whom you and I both know in my life that is doing that exact same thing. That could delegate, that could let other people help, but cannot and cannot let go. And because of that, it is hurting relationships and it's hurting mm. success, the success yeah. of this person. And of course we all try to control. Of course we all have fear. Yeah. But we have control over our choices. We can choose something. But it came from, a lot of it came from me trying to figure it all out at one time. Because you know, that's how I exist. I'm like, oh, I gotta make sure five years from now what's happening. And uh, a need to be normal. Because it's not easy when you choose to 
not have a day job. Yeah. When you choose to Everyone's going to ask you, what are you, a stay-at-home mom? I'm going to be an artist. And people go, oh, God. Yeah. So you're just choosing to be poor. And I think I posted something on my Facebook that it, the moment that you say, oh, I can't believe these people do what they do for their art and they should just get a real job. Please stop listening to music, reading newspapers, reading books, listening to anything. Go 30 days without a movie or television or music or a book and then come back to me and see if that's the way you feel because all of those people that you watch and you love and you listen to have sacrificed so much mm -hmm. and have lived this life of, I don't know what the hell I'm doing so that I'm you glad, can enjoy that. I'm glad that I had seen that post of yours before I read some random business article on mm -hmm. how so many jobs in our economy are freaking pointless and worthless. <laughs> And I was worried about it because my mm -hmm. first thinking was, well, what's the point of my job? <laughs> what what do I do? I don't do anything. The I talk leaf. I talk on, on the air. But then I really read deeper into the article. They're not talking about artists. Mm -hmm. They were talking about literally people whose job, it's called the service sector, but mm -hmm. it's like a financial services sector. Mm -hmm. They're just there to get in the way and they're just there to pull the profits out. Yeah. that's Their, their only job is to not create productivity, but to cut costs and maximize profits in a different way, mm -hmm. you know, and really they're not helping. <laughs> and then, that, then then I related it back to, of course, these you know radio companies that have killed countless radio stations across mm -hmm. the country because they've subtracted and subtracted and subtracted everything. So all that's left is the songs and the ads. Yeah. And and what's the point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's my wow. that's what I've been but, doing. But the art, <laughs> the art is valuable because I. I go, I mean, I'll go to see shows. I've been, I've kind of decided that I really don't need to buy any things anymore. I don't, uh -huh. what, what did I want for Christmas? I mean, Christmas, my birthday, rather. Mm -hmm. The kids were asking me. I said, you know, I wouldn't mind more theater tickets. Yeah. I would like that, mm -hmm. you know, in silent Get auction. Get you a movie pass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lesson in economics. Right there. I'm sorry, what? But, you know, we, we bought symphony tickets in a silent auction. That's, yeah. I enjoy going to uh, the different theaters. We went to see Hunchback of Notre Dame. How was that? Oh, my gosh. It was outstanding. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to do any work with that encore theatrical, mm -hmm. Mike Howard, my friend Mike Howard is the, now the managing director of oh, it. Oh, wow. He's recently taken over. You know him? He was yeah, I do. He was radio. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just, I was surprised at that development in his life. Uh, he was an actor before before right. we knew him. Right. He's a singer. He's an actor. Mm -hmm. He's a radio host. He's an athlete. He's, mm -hmm. he's everything. He's he's like us. Yeah. And he's funny and he's fascinating and he can do stand up and he's all of the things. Yeah. So he got the job. He'd been involved in this theatrical company for many many years, mm -hmm. but is now managing director and negotiated a couple of deals, like specifically with Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. It's a play. Disney produced it for Broadway, but then they pulled the plug on it because it's too dark and people die at the end. Oh, no. It's like an opera. Right, right. It's, it's very dark. It's, it's, a, it's a story about an abusive mm -hmm. clergyman who, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not Disney. Right. So they cleaned it up and sanitized it for the cartoon mm -hmm. and gave it a happy ending, but the book was not that way. Right. So this musical, which Disney created and then took their name off of. <laughs> I love that. Because they started staging it in there in New Jersey, where they and, and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" 
play goes to Germany, gets translated into German, becomes a massive oh, yeah. hit over there. Of course it does. And they We love the dreary. And Disney's <laughs> like, oh well, we may as well make a little bit of money off of it, so they just license it to yeah. whoever wants to put it on. And so he got a deal. So he licensed it, but then as far as the set goes, it's a very intricate set. So he got this deal from some company out of somewhere, and he rented the set and the costumes. Wow. And got a, such a good deal on that, because he also rented the set and costumes for Sister Act, which they're going to do later in the nice. year. And he has saved this theatrical company uh, ten grand from their operating budget for the year. Holy moly. By making these two... Congratulations on your new job, sir. Yes. Yeah. In a couple... Of, by, by, if you add it up, he saved a few thousand here, and a few yeah. thousand there, and a few thousand there. That's huge, though. Right. That's a lot of money for a theater company. Plus, they have sponsors... Up there in Morristown. Mm -hmm. So anyway, and and they had a live orchestra. That's awesome. They had high caliber actors mm -hmm. from all over from Johnson City and Memphis and and anywhere. Yeah. And and it was really well done. That's phenomenal. So anyway, I so kudos to them. We went to Oak Ridge Playhouse to see Oklahoma. I heard it was fantastic. It was because mm -hmm. somehow they just had the Georgie Awards over there. Yes, and mm -hmm. somehow have you ever acted there? I've not. I actually uh, have that on my that's on my list. They're doing To Kill a Mockingbird later this this year. Ooh, yeah. They're doing Death Trap next. Yeah, and then uh, Peter Pan. Peter Pan, and then To Kill a Mockingbird. Nice. Yeah. Well, somehow. Um, one of the guys on the board goes to church with us and he said, can we use, Frank, can we use your name on an invitation mm -hmm. as a table host for a non-fundraising lunch that's setting up the fundraiser? All right. They wanted people to come and hear the story mm -hmm. and then they're going to hit him up later and ask him for money. And then the day before the thing, I get a call saying, uh, we didn't get an MC for the lunch. We didn't think of it. <laughs> I saw that you MC'd the lunch and you saw Dana. Yes. My Dana. Dana Wam and I sat together, four of us maybe, were there for both lunches. Okay, yeah. Uh, because she got up and spoke, and I emceed both lunches, and this Braxton played the piano at oh, both. Oh, he's wonderful. You know him? I Braxton do. Kaiser. I do. I'm actually going to be working with him soon. Good. Yeah. He's terrific. Mm -hmm. And then Reggie, I finally got to have a nice get-to-know-you with Reggie Law, whom I've seen on stage, and I've heard Isn't of. Isn't he wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm happy if I can help in any way to mm -hmm. advance their thing. So we went to see that show. And it's like, I feel like there's other shows we went to see, and we probably should wrap this episode up. We should. Um, also, am I going to be seeing you this... No, I won't be seeing you this evening. Maybe I will. What is tonight? Are you going to be at the Flying Anvil one-year celebration? I was not aware of the oh. Flying Anvil one-year celebration. It's it's this evening. Yeah. We'll uh, peruse my email. <laughs> <laughs> I was unaware of yeah. the uh, celebration. Yeah. We'll peruse my email. All right. Cool. But I am, uh, tomorrow night, going to see the ABBA tribute concert. I am so jealous. <laughs> Yeah, because that's sold awesome. out. That's my my one of my daughter's favorite bands. Really, BGs and ABBA. Wow. Yeah, we we're gonna go see Mamma Mia too. Maybe today because it will not stop raining. Yeah. The last full week of summer for my children. This is what's happening. I'm sorry. Yeah, we should wrap this bad boy up because I got to pee. Do you have time for another one? You know I do. Because I got to pee. <laughs> and we have so much stuff. I didn't even get to my list. No, I just I had to tell you about my come I to wanted Jesus. to hear it. I'm I know. Happy. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. It's Semantics. With Krisha and Frank. Oh, bye, Bruce. I love you.